All right, now, I bet many of you have heard this expression, right? Have you heard the expression that you are what you eat? Has anyone ever told you that? Do you know what that means? I'm, I'm not totally sure what that means either, really. I mean, if you drink enough pop, will you be extra bubbly? If you eat lots of sugar, will you be more sweet? Uh, you know, I guess too much oily food could make you greasy. It didn't help me with my zits when I was a teenager, that's for sure. But I thought I could maybe have a little fun with this idea. Um, and I was using this, this amazing new piece of technology this week. And it's called, this version of it, it's called Dolly 2. And what it is, it's an artificially intelligent image maker, okay? So you type in a, anything you want, yet to make a, it'll make a picture of anything that you tell it, basically. Uh, and so you can ask for any style, you can ask for anything at all, you just type that in, and it gives you a few different options that it thinks maybe are what you want it. And the, it's, it can do some absolutely amazing things, but you have to figure out how to explain what you want just right, or you can end up with some weird stuff, too. So... I was thinking about, okay, you are what you eat. And so I, I asked it, I said, well, what does a child made of pizza look like? Because you know, I think a lot of kids like, like pizza. And so I said, okay, I, I wrote a child made of pizza, and it gave me this. And I said, okay, that's not bad. It's not, like, super exciting, but it's all right. Uh, so then I said, maybe I can be more sophisticated. So then I asked for anthropomorphic carrot with a human face standing in a field. And the least disturbing option it gave me was this. All right. So <laughs> he, he looks really concerned about the fact that he exists too, which I thought was interesting. Uh, so then for fun, I said, okay, how about a spaghetti monster with eyes attacking a city in digital art? And then it, it gave me this one right here. So there you go. He's got a city there. And so then I said, well, I can, I can even do more with this, I think. So I said, okay, show me a preschool child made of broccoli in a grocery store as an oil painting. And then it, uh, it gave me that right there. So I don't think that's made of broccoli, but the oil painting style was pretty cool. And then the last one, one more, I said, okay, well, let's see if I can put myself in here a little bit. So I asked the, uh, the AI for preacher with a head made of cheese standing behind a pulpit of a church in the style of Van Gogh. And then it gave me that right there. So <laughs> I guess that's what it might look like if... I was what I ate, I suppose. So there you go. You are what you, what you eat. And we can switch to my one other slide for, this, for the rest of this. But I want to talk something just a little bit different It's than you are what you eat. But the passage that Davney read for us just a minute ago, it actually tells us something a little bit different. It, it tells us that in a way, we are what we do. You are what you do. Because that's how you can tell what sort of person somebody is, isn't it? By what they do. Because someone might say, I'm really nice. But I wouldn't be so sure that's true until I've had the chance to see that they're almost always nice to the different people around them. And are they just nice to the people they like, or are they also nice to the people who bug them? Someone else might say, well, I believe in always telling the truth. But until... I've seen that they've resisted the temptation to lie, then I, I wouldn't really know if I should trust just how honest they are. The way to figure out who somebody is or what somebody believes is to watch what they do because, you know, we are what we do. So if you show love to everyone, even when it's hard, well, then you could say you are loving. But if you only do things that you think will benefit you, well, then we would say that you are selfish. And if you give generously, 
whenever you can, then you are giving. And if you like to pass people on the highway and then get back in their lane and immediately slow down a whole lot, well, then we could say that you are, I don't know, a nincompoop, possibly. (laughs) Today's Bible reading tells us that faith in Jesus is shown by what we do. Faith in Jesus is something that begins on on the inside. And then we tell people what we believe. That's how it starts. The book of Romans in the Bible tells us this. It says, say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and then you will be saved. With your heart, you believe and are made right with God. With your mouth, you say what you believe. It's how being a Christian begins. We believe in our hearts that, yes, Jesus did rise from the dead after dying on a cross. And which, that means that he is who he says he is, that God sent him to save us from sin and to give us a new life. And we don't hide that faith. We say it out loud. We let people know that we follow Jesus. But then there's another important thing after this. Just like I would wait to see if someone actually acts kindly before believing them when they say they're kind, just like I would want to see for myself that someone tells the truth before I trust that they are honest, other people will want to see me acting like a follower of Jesus in order to believe that my faith is real. Real faith is something you believe in your heart and your mind, and real faith is something that you talk about, but if all you do is believe inside and talk about it, well then, at the very least, it's not as real as it could be or it should be, because real faith in Jesus causes us to act differently. Our passage that Daphne read teaches this. It says, hey, suppose a person has claims they have faith, they talk about how they have faith, but they never act on that faith. Can that kind of faith save them, it says? And the answer is meant to be, well, no. If you believe in Jesus and understand how much he loves you and everything that he's done for you, well, then you will act differently. You can't really help it. And it gives an example in this passage. It says, imagine that there was someone at church and they were talking to somebody else and they found out that well, that person, they don't, have any, they don't have any food for this week. They don't have any clothes for tomorrow. You know, they're in trouble. And that person says, well, okay, bye. I hope everything works out for you. Keep warm, you know, eat well. And they don't actually do anything to help. They don't try to give them some clothes or arrange to, to get them some food or give them some money to help with what they need. And the Bible asks, well, then what good have you done? It is... The same with faith. It doesn't, if it doesn't cause us to do something, it's dead. A faith that doesn't cause us to do things is dead. So we believe in Jesus in our hearts. We say out loud that we follow Jesus. And then we want to use our arms and our legs and our brains and everything else that God has given us to do something because we follow Jesus. So what kinds of things does faith in Jesus make people do? Well, like today's Bible passage says, faith makes followers of Jesus want to help those who are poor and struggling. That's something that's very important to God in the Bible. Faith makes followers of Jesus treat people differently. You know, Jesus said something pretty wild. He said, love your enemies. Not many people do that. But followers of Jesus put other people first, even when we should not have to, like Jesus did. Faith makes people build Jesus' church. Whether they meet in a little home with a few people and that's their church, or whether they meet in a giant church with thousands and thousands of people, 
Jesus needs, says that we need other believers around us. We need other Christians around us to help us to strengthen our faith, to work with, to do good things so that God can use us to do the things he wants to do in our world. Faith also makes us want to know God better. And that means spending time focused on God in prayer and in worship. And it means learning more about who God is through Bible studies or Bible reading or, or books or podcasts or classes or other ways of gaining knowledge so that we can be more mature. And faith, the last one, that faith makes followers of Jesus look ahead with hope. See, sometimes the things in our lives are good and sometimes the things in our lives are not so good. But God is always good, and he has promised that he will take good care of us. And so we can have joy and have confidence even when what's going on around us right now is hard. And a person who does these kinds of things has a faith that is alive, not dead. They show by what they do that they must really believe in Jesus and follow him. It's not, a, it's not just something they say. It's not just something they decided on in their mind once long ago and kind of forgot about. That's a faith that is alive, and which the Bible tells us is really the only kind that does any good. So we should ask ourselves some things about what we do that shows our living faith. What do you do just because you are a follower of Jesus each day or each week? What would cause your friends or your neighbors or your family members to say, well, I know that their faith is real because... Faith begins inside, it causes us to say out loud that we love and follow Jesus, and then it causes us to do something. But, yes, there's a but. Because faith is not about proving ourselves by doing things that look good. That's the but. That's backwards. We don't do things so that other people will think we believe. We believe and it causes us to do things. And we believe the most important thing of all has already been done by Jesus. See, in a, in a few, in a minute or two, we're going to have our communion time. And we'll remember that the night before Good Friday, Jesus gathered with his disciples and he shared a meal with them. And he told them that soon he was going to have his body broken and his blood poured out for them. That this was going to be done to him. He was going to let this happen. He would let himself be killed on a cross so that once and for all, this, the price of sin would be paid. Jesus gave his life to save everybody else's life. He gave his perfect life to redeem our sinful lives. And that means that it's not 100% right to say that you are what you do. That's, it's true up to a point. But at that point, it's, we're more than that because we all sin. We all fall short. If somebody watched us, followed us around and watched us enough, they would, could say quite rightly that each of us is selfish, unloving, unkind, impatient, or unwise. They could find examples of what we do and say that. We do things that prove that we are all of those things and more. But because of what Jesus has done, we are actually more than what we do. When we believe and we follow Jesus, we become his brothers and sisters. We're adopted into the family of God. Our sin is wiped away. Jesus' goodness and righteousness becomes ours. And so we're children of God, not because of the good or the bad that we do, but because of what Jesus did. And we couldn't do this for ourselves. 
We couldn't earn God's acceptance. We couldn't overcome our own sin. We couldn't give ourselves a new life. Jesus does that. And if we believe that that's true, that, this, that Jesus has done all this for us, well, then, of course, we'll want to tell people how good it is that to know Jesus and to follow Jesus. Of course, we'll want to do things that please him and honor him because he saved our lives eternally. But, of course, we can forget. We can let our gratitude and love grow cold. We can let our faith slumber or, or even die, no longer causing us to do much of anything. And so let's go to the Lord's table in just a moment to rekindle that love, to awaken or revive that faith, that, that faith that we will show to others by what we do.